We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 72, and we have got a lot to cover from the Indians. We're also going to talk about some NBA. We're going to talk about some ridiculous rules that are keeping some stars out of the Olympics. And we are going to have a tribute to a fallen Columbus Blue Jacket from this past week and and send our positive thoughts out for that as well. So come on up the driveway, break open your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us. For garage beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to episode 72 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at the Garage Beers on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find our Facebook page, our TikTok page, our YouTube page. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. Uh, I don't think you'll find our Pornhub page. I'm pretty sure Chad has not uploaded that, but we'll, you know, we'll find out. Uh, joining you as always, I am your host, Michael Keefe at Garage Beers, Mike. And with me in the garage this week, my two co-hosts over on the east side of Cleveland. It's Chad Meyer at Garage Beers. Chad, what's up, Chad? Hi. 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 You always, always got to lean your head back. Like, like, I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like you clear <laughs> your mind and you do like a sit up and you just go this week. Oh, God. Guys, anyway, sorry. Anyway, I'm done. Oh, I do do that. Uh, You're right. Uh, guys, uh, is it possible to love and hate something so much? Like? I, I mean, like, I hate so much that in today's society, you can almost become famous for absolutely nothing. Fair. And for like, just the dumbest shit. And... The fact that Sons and Four Guy it, it is getting so much publicity, he's now doing like autograph signings and selling them at auction, and like he's he's hanging out with the Jamal Murrays of the world, just because he did something that happens in every fucking arena and and, and like every stadium, like all over the world. Well, here's what and, but, here's what's shocking, but because but, be, but because he went Sons and Four, he's getting so much. And but but on the other side of that, I love the fact that he's taking advantage of his 15 minutes because anybody else in the world would do that just like he is. 
listen, I love that he's taking advantage of it. Here's here's my here's the thing that I find very questionable about it. Because again, I think if you watch, go back and watch that video, right? The yeah. other guy lunges at this dude first, right? Yeah. The other guy comes from the high ground, throws a punch first, and then gets his own ass kicked. Right. Is what it is. Right. I don't think in that video the guy looked all that bad, right? Like he the guy right. threw a punch at him and then he just beat the guy up, is what it is. Right. And he wasn't like going after other people or anything like it would just that was the situation. So I don't think it looked all that bad. The thing that's very questionable to me, Mm -hmm. like the Suns have then like condoned fighting in the stands. And I I find that to be like, like very questionable. Like the Suns are like reaching out to this guy. Like I get the Devin Booker, like on an individual level is reaching out to this guy. But the the organization, the Suns had like reached right. out to this guy and like got him tickets to the games and like put right. him on the screen and like making t-shirts and shit with him. Like it, that's very odd to me that right. the team condones, like beat somebody up in the stands and watch what happens. Like that was weird to me. I, I think I'm not sure I agree with how the Suns played that up. Like, I think they, they should have just went like radio silence on the whole thing and let it just be. And somebody's going to buy all of that shit that he posted on TikTok. And like, they're going to like wear it with pride. <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't get it. Maybe it's, maybe it's the old school in me. Maybe I'm a little too old to understand the way the world works today. But the fact that he's. Well, that, that, that's true. What? Yeah. 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 You're yeah, just no, too old. You don't understand anything. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, I saw him but, on a yeah, cameo yeah, I don't know. in Facebook today. You saw him what? <laughs> he was on a cameo ad in Facebook. Right. His sons and four guy. You can send him 40 bucks and he'll say happy birthday to you. Like what? What? Like this goes back to my argument. Like I, I got to think of something just, just totally off the wall and dumb, but so simple that, that I don't know that, that I'll get uh, publicity for it. Then I'll get famous for it. Like, you know, like my, my long running theory was, like you can make a hit rap song if you just either like make up, like just do like a made up word and like make up a dance to it. And like, if you put a beat behind it, you're good. And like, you tell people what to do. You're good. Like, I don't know, like master P back in the day, like make them say, uh, I, I just wanted to make a song that was like, called like, Vlah! and like, and like if I made up a dance to it and put a, and put a sweet beat behind it, it'd be a number one hit. Like if it's, I just, it's, what? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the thing that drives you crazy about everything. Right. Joe was just home and we were talking about this with like in Lakewood, they have this idea where they just like opened a bar outside. It's called the Lakewood truck park or something like that. They open, it's just an outdoor venue and food trucks come in and serve food. And then otherwise it's just a bar and that's all it is. And we were like, you could do that out here in Avon. There's a big, huge vacant lot on Detroit road. It'd be popular as shit. I don't have the money to do it, but whoever did have the money to do it, if you could pull that off, you'd make a ton of money. It's the same thing as these shaved ice places that are opening up all over the place. Dairy queen has been serving slushies for a hundred years. All of a sudden these shaved ice places are opening up and calling themselves Hawaiian shaved ice. And it's like the most popular thing on the planet. It's just the dumbest, most basic shit. And like, you just, I think what it is, you have to have the balls to like, take some, like, like, I'm just going to take the slushy. Sure. And call it Hawaiian shaved ice. Sure. And I'm going to open sure. a goddamn store. You got to have the balls to do sure. that. And make no mistake about it. This is totally coming from a place of pure jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, like somewhere, 
someone is like somewhere on some island, someone is sitting pretty because they thought of like the fucking hair scrunchie. Like, 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 it's like, I, how do I not think of that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And you miss your moments. We're, Joe, we're going to bring you in in a minute. We miss you miss your moments of like you ever are like standing in your kitchen or something. And you think, man, if there was just something for this. But like yeah. at that time, you're not thinking of like the simple thing that could probably make you a multimillionaire. And, right. and, and then it passes and you never think about it again. It's it's. It, yes, I know. I, I, I am convinced that I'm going to be like 90 years old and dying. And like my idea is going to come to me. <laughs> and, and like, yeah. I'll be down. So anyways, Chad's over there just being jealous of Suns and Four guy. So look out next year at, uh, well, I won't say the Monsters. I don't want to get you in trouble with your employers, but look at it. Maybe an Indians game later. Chad uh, starts a fight and it'll just, I don't think you can say Indians in anything right now. But Indians in 162. Yeah. Uh, Nope. That's Uh, possible for this transition. Yeah. Back down in Nashville, Tennessee. While Chad's over there being jealous, it's Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, what's up, Joe? So funny. I was literally going to say I am running out of fingers on one hand where the Indians have not had been no hit yet. We've had one, (laughs) two, and a seven-inning no-hitter counts in my book. In my book, it counts, too. So now I I have – well, not even two fingers. I have a pinky and a thumb left. Uh, Are those not fingers? Well, the thumb's – yeah, it's maybe. <laughs> yep. Thumbs like Pluto. Finger, it's Pluto. No, nobody knows what the hell's going on with a thumb. <laughs> sometimes a finger, sometimes not. Depends on what year. Get on uh, social media at the Garage Beers and let us know what the hell is going on with the thumb. Give us your opinions on the thumb. No way that could backfire. Don't be dirty. Don't be <laughs> one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite TikToks is that uh, that Manny guy that does golf tips. And he's like a like a, a Hispanic guy or something like that. And he's like, he'll be he, don't be nasty. And he'll ta- he'll <laughs> say something. Don't be nasty. Yeah, don't be nasty. Who's that? <laughs> Who's that independent uh, baseball player that makes those comedy videos? Domingo <laughs> Santana. Was it? 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 Was it? No, no. Was it? No. Oh, Mon- Montoya. Montoya. No, 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 no. Damn it! It's Domingo Santana. <laughs> Whatever. Domingo I know what you're talking Santana. about. No, Domingo Santana is a person, isn't it? He's a, he's a real baseball player. Yeah, he used to play for the Indians. Domingo Ayala, maybe? Yeah, that's Domingo it. Ayala. That's it. Domingo Ayala. Domingo oh, Ayala. Yeah, yeah Domingo it. Ayala. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Joe, man, we're going to get into the Indians later. I can't even. I mean, how many double headers are you going to get swept in? Like, how many? How is it possible? I don't know. It's, it's impressive at this point. Jesus Christ. Anyways, we'll, 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 we'll set we, we, some we, record. You, you're going to find out that the theme of this episode, there's going to be some things that we just kind of let our frustrations out on. Uh, and that'll be, it's like our Peter Griffin grinding our gears episode almost because there's just <laughs> been some things this week. But anyways, we also have a lot of good things to talk about. We got our garage beers of the week. We got our three cheers of the week. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, but before we get into all that, first of all, you will notice uh, we did promote, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen our posts, we did promote this week that we were going to have a special guest. We were really excited about it. Uh, just incredible. Uh, former ECW wrestler, former WWE wrestler. Kind of one of the guys that was one of the faces of the ECW. Uh, we were really excited to have him on. He reached out to us, let us know that he was a little bit under the weather and asked if we could postpone. So we are going to have just incredible on. It's just not going to be this week. Uh, so if you're turn, if you tuned in for him, just stay for the fun. Just stay for the fun. 
And then listening uh, potentially next week, we haven't confirmed it yet, but for when Justin Credible comes back on, uh, listen then. Also, before we get to Garage Beers of the Week, we have to promote our hats and our shirts. As always, if you have not been to garagebeershop.com, get over to garagebeershop.com. We have gotten nothing but five-star feedback on the T-shirts and on the hats from all the people that have bought so far. We still have merchandise left before we make another order, which we will. So get over there, get your hat, get your shirt, uh, and we'll get those sent out to you, garagebeershop.com. So that's going to send us to our Garage Beers of the Week, our favorite segment of the week. And we're going to let him lead us off down in Nashville, Tennessee, although he's talking to somebody. Joe's over there talking to somebody. Uh, we're going to let him lead us off on our garage beers of the week. <laughs> Joe, what's your garage beer this week? I was I was asking Alexa to turn the damn lamp down because it was so <laughs> bright in my eyes. Alexa, turn down the damn lamp. We named our dining room table lamp the damn lamp. So every time <laughs> oh. we have to like, change the color, turn it off. It's like, Alexa, turn off the damn lamp. <laughs> you turning off. She's not listening. Turning Turning off, damn lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I made Alexa say no, no. Ooh. Okay. So, my beer. Uh, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> great way to lead it off. It's uh, a Sumco Triple. Uh, it's, I think a, that's it's, a, it's a what? Triple. Oh, got it. <laughs> it's a Belgian-style triple ale brewed with uh, Sumner County honey. And it's a collaboration between Half Batch Brewing and, ooh, I don't know, <laughs> Rur Scratch. And no joke, it's B-R-I-R Scratch Brewing. All right. A couple I, of Tennessee Joe, I'm not companies. Sure, I'm not sure you've spoken one word of English I, the entire intro I, of that beer. It definitely feels like I have I'm it. Lost. Is he speaking yeah. Belgian? <laughs> uh, I might be. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's... Um, uh, you know, sometimes when two breweries collaborate on something is really, really good. Um, but I think like 90% of the time, it's usually a swing and a miss because they're trying something weird. Um, this doesn't seem weird, but they just, oh, it's not as good as I was hoping for. Oh. But it is 9.8% and it's a pretty hey. light beer. So, hey, that's, not all bad. Yeah, some beers you can get through if it gives you a quick buzz. Hey, let's listen. Let's. Uh, we're going to title this uh, episode. Let's listen to Joe slowly go downhill for the yeah. next hour and a half. Yeah. How <laughs> fast, how fast can Joe get buzzed? All right. So Joe's got a, a beer that he thinks is all right, but it's going to slowly take him downhill and we're going to enjoy it as it happens. Chad over there on the East side of Cleveland, what's your garage beer of the week this week? Uh, well, I've got a repeater, but at the same time, uh, but the last time I had it, I couldn't really talk about it because my internet decided to be an asshole. Uh, uh, so, um, I got the Great Lakes Lemon Hefeweizen this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, and it's uh, pretty refreshing. I mean, it kind of tastes just like carbonated lemonade, but I love lemonade. And uh, <laughs> if lemonade can get me buzzed and, and drunk, uh, that's the kind of lemonade I want to drink. So, uh, yeah, it's the Great Lakes Lemon Hefeweizen this week. It's a tasty beer. I oh, recommend it. I'm excited. I want to try that, actually. I, you know, I think, uh, uh, I think some people are very like, even myself included, you know, right. I love the IPAs. I love the stouts. I don't, I don't like go to the store and pick lager. That's, that's why I'm glad we're going to have to get back to doing that. Like, remember when we were asking people to give us suggestions for like what kind of beer we should get. Cause I don't usually pick up like a lager or whatever. I will tell yeah. you though, I don't care what anybody says when it's summer and it's like Shandy season or it's yeah. that like nice, refreshing Hefeweizen. I love those things, man. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are those are uh, delicious. 
A stout when it's 90 and humid just hits differently, as the kids say these days. It hits. It certainly hits. <laughs> it's Why am I sweating? It doesn't slap. Okay. All right, Dad. What? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Dad, Dad, it's got a, a Great Lakes Hefeweizen. We like that. Oh, wait. Now, the Hefeweizen slaps. That's for sure. Is it busted? Yeah. Oh, it's... But, oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, Bugs Bunny. Oh, that ain't it. That's okay. okay we're oh. gonna move on. We're gonna move oh. on. All right, yes, uh, Chad. You're All right, they'll embarrassed of you forever, and I love that. Uh, uh, yeah, that's gonna bring it over to me. And I, uh, my wife just picked this up for me in the grocery store tonight, and I thought, you know what? Let's do it. It's a limited <laughs> release. It's from Columbus Brewing, uh, which I think we've had on a couple Columbus beers uh, on the podcast, uh, and this is called Backyard Tiki Vibes. This just cool. throws me back to like Joe knows Joe knows this. Anytime Katie and I go on like a trip, one of our main things, if we're in a big city, we try to find the tiki bar because most big cities have a tiki bar. Mm-hmm. So like Toronto, great tiki bar. Uh, Cleveland, actually, Porco Tiki Lounge is actually like renowned around the country is one of the best tiki bars in the country. Right. Uh, we went to one in San Diego called False Idol. I think is what it's called. It's like the tiki bar. We've also found some duds. There's one in Louisville that's like a tiki bar mixed with a trailer park. It's the worst place I've ever Oh, God. Oh, God. There's like AstroTurf <laughs> on the ground. Well, listen, to be fair, to be fair, some trailer parks try to <laughs> that's make fair. a tiki bar themselves. That's fair. Uh, uh, but yeah, she picked this up for me. Backyard Tiki Vibes. And it just, it kind of like, uh, it throws it to what our thing is, where we like to go find the tiki bar. So uh, it's an IPA. It's brewed with Sabro. Y-E-T and experimental hops. And it's, right. it's really good. It's like, it's uh, Chad. I think you would like this IPA because it's yeah. not that like bitter. Uh, and it, but as you can see, it's not like, it's not like the new yeah. England's either. It's like kind of a no. fruity IPA. It's really, really good. Okay. I saw the can art there too. It's not a typical Columbus can art type of a uh, type of deal. Yeah. No, I, like and I, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this more. So it's Columbus brewing company, but it has, I wonder if they brewed it specifically for Heinen's because it has oh. Heinen's. It has Heinen's printed on the label. Ooh, exclusive! And so I think it might be a Heinen's exclusive. Anyways, it's really good. Uh, again, yeah. it's fruity. It's refreshing. It's got that little IPA kick to it, but not strong at all. Uh, so yeah. Chad, if you if you're ever in Heinen's and you see backyard tiki vibes, I think it's an IPA you you'd get down with. All right, all right. Hey, so- listen, I'm open. I'm open to it. I'm an open minded fella. That was Chad's. That was Chad's slogan all through college. Anyway, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, as he's wearing his chip bowl for a hat. Uh, those are our those are our garage beers of the week. Uh, let us know what you're drinking. Send us pictures. <coughs> send us recommendations. For real, we want to know what you're drinking. What we should try. If you have any suggestions for us, we will go out and get them. So to you guys, Joe and Chad here on the podcast. Cheers uh, to you, the listener. Cheers. And now it's time to get in to episode seventy-two of the Garage Beers podcast and. Uh, it's a weird transition, to be honest. There's no good way to transition this. Right. Uh, and so we're just going to go into it. Um, it was a very difficult week. Um, uh, uh, and I don't want to make this too crazy. Not not on a personal thing, but it, it does feel like a family thing. Uh, right. Because we've developed this family that we have uh, with this Columbus Blue Jackets and, and the coverage we've been able to give of the Blue Jackets and the guests we've been able to have of the Blue Jackets. And frankly the incredible support that we've had in Columbus on this podcast. Right. Um, 
And so to uh, to wake up after the Fourth uh, of July parties and all that to see that uh, a youngster for the Blue Jackets, a promising young goalie, uh, uh, Matisse Kivelnik, uh, Kivelnik's. Yep, sorry, I always I have Kivelnik. I have such hard name time with the names, and I feel so bad about it. Matisse Kivelnik, thank you. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, was involved in a horrific uh, fireworks accident and passed away. And um, yeah. Man, just uh, Chad, uh, as somebody who I think is even more in tune than than me, uh, yeah, that was devastating, man. It was devastating. It was it was so hard to read about, and still to this day, more details keep coming out. And every time they do, I don't want to read them. It's like I don't no. even care to read it. No, I mean when when you read something, I mean at first it was reported that it was a head injury from a fall, yeah. uh, and that I mean that turned out to be false, and that and then. You know, the report came out when the report came out, and said it was a, a firework mortar that uh, it just tipped over and start and, and basically was shooting fireworks at the house. Uh, and, and that it, it, the reason came out that it was chest trauma from a firework blast to the chest. I, I, it was just it was so devastating. You know, I didn't know Matisse on a personal level, but as someone who works for the monsters, yeah. I worked with Matisse uh for you know uh, on things over the couple of years that he was there and that he was up and down from Columbus to Cleveland and the guy was he was so respectful and so nice to everybody and I mean and, and what you see in the in the reports is true he, he just he never didn't have a smile on his face yeah. he was just so happy to be playing hockey still happy to be living out his dream so happy to <laughs> make a new friend be with be be with people i mean the the guy was just a a, a ray of sunshine and it it was god this was just so heartbreaking and go ahead go ahead listen i i i want to you know i want to make this about matisse uh and i want to and i want to you know i don't want to again we didn't know him and we we weren't friends with him or whatever but again we do feel like a part of this blue jackets family because of the way we've been taken in I right. do want to say something though. I think the the one thing that just kept getting at me, man, why does everybody got to be so judgmental about everything? I don't know. Like the minute it was reported that it was a fireworks accident, the people come out of the woodwork like, "Well, that's what you get, right?" Like and even like even a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul that like blew up his hand with a fireworks right. accident. The guy right. didn't deserve that. He might have been out just I I'm telling you like I have watched my friends and my, I don't mess with it because I am afraid of that shit. I am a wuss. Right. It's right. the same reason I don't mess. I like, I don't mess with guns and stuff. I, I'm a wuss. I'm afraid of those things. I would hurt myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like I've watched people that I love go out in this cul-de-sac behind me and set off fireworks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a harmless thing. It's a, it's a, it's meant to be a fun thing. And you get these people right. out of the woodwork that are like, well, just another fireworks like and this one especially like you don't even know you don't even know the details this was like this was like a show that they were putting on this wasn't like he wasn't like out just like willy-nilly doing stuff this was a show now granted when i see somebody online that like lights a firework and then puts a bucket over it and sits on the bucket (laughs) listen dude you get what you get like on that one but like this was a show that they were putting on and 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 to hear the like I said, to hear the details of a mortar tipping and them trying to escape from fireworks, just being shot at them at like ridiculous speed. 
we don't need like I just feel like the judgmental thing needs to go away that they were enjoying the 4th of July. These are for a lot of these, especially hockey players, are people that are enjoying America and and what the country is giving them. And they're just having a good time. And it's a horrific accident. There's no judgment that needs to happen because of this. Is it risky to light off fireworks? Absolutely. When you're not like trained, when you're, yeah, it's absolutely risky. But nobody's going out and, 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 and being a, like, excuse me, a lot of people don't go out and, be morons about it. Like you mentioned the guy with the butt, like, you know, put lighting a firework and putting the bucket over it and sitting right. on it. It's no. what it is. Like, like, like Matisse was sitting in a hot tub with Elvis and watching these fireworks go off. Like it, yeah. it, he wasn't, he wasn't being stupid about it. This was a freak accident. And for the judgmental people who want to say, Oh yeah, you know, I saw things saying on, online saying like, Oh, you play stupid games yeah, and win stupid too. prizes. Shut your mouth. Shut, Shut your, your mouth. mouth. Yeah. No one, no one, no, no one like forced this to happen. It was just a tragic and freak accident. And, and I mean, I I guess, I don't know on a brighter note, you know, you mentioned the hockey family, Mike. And I just want to say, I I teared up a little bit. Like when I saw the the Blue Jackets post in tribute uh, or in tribute, you know, to Matisse. And then I saw, you know, and this is not a knock against any other sport, but when I saw, teams from like every team from the national hockey league uh, post their condolences and even the AHL posting their condolences on that thread. It just, it, I mean, it just, it, my heart just like soared o- o- over the support because, you know, hockey family is, is just, it's, it's so different. It's so different. Yeah. You know, you true. Cause because you truly feel like a family uh, in the NHL. Uh, again, not a knock against any sport. I mean, I don't know, you know, I like, you know, obviously I'm not saying there isn't like a, a family quote unquote family dynamic in all the other sports, but it just feels differently, uh, when it comes to hockey. And that just made my heart absolutely sore. Yeah. I think the, uh, I think a couple of things that were going on, the, the sticks out, uh, hashtag sticks out for Kiwi. Uh, yeah. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really cool. People leaving their hockey sticks out and tribute, uh, overnight. Uh, uh, but like I said, it was just, uh, uh, a horrendous thing to hear. It's horrendous. Listen, it, it's big news because of who he was. Uh, yeah. it, it, but it, it's more big news or it's more heartbreaking because of really who he was. It's big news because of what he does for a living, but it's big. It, it's bigger news because of who he was. The kids in his early twenties <laughs> with nothing but a promising life and career ahead of him. And right. by all accounts, right? Like you said, this is a guy that everybody said was just a flat out joy to be around. Uh, right. uh, the video that that kept getting posted around of his first win. He got his first win in the NHL against the Rangers. Yeah. And they gave him the hat in the locker room. Cam gave him the hat in the locker room. And he was just beaming. And he was like, I, I don't even believe this is even real. Like, right. just uh, it's a big deal because of who he was and and because of what he meant to. This is a guy that barely scratched the surface of his potential for his career in the NHL. And yet look at the impact he made on these guys that have been veterans in the NHL for years and years and years. Um, So it just, again, it's, it's heartbreaking for so many reasons. Uh, But uh, the blue jackets family loses, um, loses a member this week. Uh, And and it's, and it just is, is very difficult to deal with. Uh, So 
again, our tribute uh, to Matisse Kivlenix, uh, uh passed away in, in a fireworks accident. And uh, I'm sure the Blue Jackets, knowing what a first-class organization they are, will do something very special in tribute to him, especially as the next season approaches. So, so like I said before, there's no good way to transition into that. Uh, there's no real good way to transition out of it. But we will, and uh, uh, and we will do it with with Matisse in mind, and our thoughts and, and prayers and everything go out to him and his family and his teammates uh, and the people around him. But uh, let's get into a little hockey talk, uh, and, and let's get into what we do here. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, one game away, one yep. win away from uh-huh. back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, game game four, it very much felt like, I don't know about you, Chad, but it felt like after the first three games, it was like, okay, Tampa Bay is going to go in and just probably win five to nothing. And we'll just walk out of here. And man, Montreal showed a hell of a fight, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, You you know what they did? They got, they, they actually, (coughs) excuse me. um, They forced Tampa for the entire game for the first time in this entire series to play their game. And they played at their play pace. They played at their tempo. Uh, and, and they were able to uh, be opportunistic on the offensive side, something they weren't able to do in the first three games. And, you know, Tampa is just such a dangerous team as they can play any style. Uh, but in eventually a good team is going to break down and you have to take advantage of those breakdowns. And for the first time in this series, uh, the Montreal Canadiens did. Uh, and uh, I was really happy to see them not get swept. And, you know, it's, it's zero, zero here in the first intermission. They're going into the, about to go into the second period. And uh, they're really keeping things tight uh, defensively uh, for the lightning uh, against the lightning. And, uh, you know, as long as they can, can stay physical and take advantage of their opportunities, uh, they, they got a shot to force a game six. So, We'll see what happens, man. But uh, those first three games, man, oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I knew the first game it was going to be sort of a feeling out thing because these teams hadn't played each other in over a year. But so I didn't pay, take, put too much stock into game one. But after game two and three, I went, wow, Montreal's really overmatched. But, oh, yeah. uh, but, but luckily in uh, game four, they, uh, they were able to figure some things out. They got their head coach back and they were able to uh, to force the game five. So it's just kind of a. Uh, one period, one game at a time, and again, like I said, it's zero well, zero here after the first inter, after the first period. So here's the thing: here's the thing, out. Chad. It, it, now it turns in. Now it it very much turns into, and and I always I think this vibe, and I think <laughs> I, I don't know why it's becoming more common. First of all, the odds of Montreal beating Tampa four straight times are five percent at best, right? Right at right. best, but it's not zero. Right. No, and I don't know why this is becoming more common, but like. Remember when the Cavs beat the Warriors after being down three to one, they were the first team to do that in the NBA finals. Right. Right. But since then we've seen, including our own Indians having a three to one lead in the world series that same year, losing it since then we've seen this happen across sports. We've seen these big leads in series just get wiped out. I don't know why, because that never happened before. Like if you, the minute a team goes up three, nothing, three, one, that series is over. But now, yeah, now I feel like we're in that position. I remember very clearly LeBron James after game five of that series against the Warriors in 2016. Remember, do you, I don't know if you remember this, but there's video of LeBron in the in the locker room saying now they don't want to come back. No, they don't no. want to come back. All we got to do is go take care of business at home. Golden State does not want us to come back. 
Right. And that's kind of where Montreal's at. Now right. you, you forget that they were down 3-0. Now you're down 3-1. Montre- Tampa Bay does not want to go back to Montreal, first of all. No. Nope. They don't want to go back to Montreal. And they sure as shit do not want to go back to Tampa Bay again. Nope. So and I think oh, I don't know. Ahead. I don't know what happened. I don't know where this changed, but it, all of a sudden you can almost like you can almost like visually like see a visceral change in these teams. Once they go up big, like, like the pressure is on them. The pressure should be on the team that's down, but it's like all of a sudden the pressure is on the, once that losing team wins that first game of the series, it's like the pressure goes on the winning team. So uh, does Montreal, like, is this over? I know. I don't think so. Almost. almost, almost. Sure. Sure. But no. Sure. Sure. Um, You know, the thing is, if, if, if I'm Montreal, there's no reason uh, to, to, to kind of feel any pressure. I mean, you were the last team uh, to make it into the playoffs. In a regular season, they wouldn't have even been in the playoffs. So, And if one of the most dangerous things in sports, Mike, I mean, in my opinion, one of the most dangerous things in sports is playing a team with nothing to lose. And that's exactly what Montreal has right now because nobody expected them to even be in the playoffs, let alone be in the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, this also is a familiar position for Montreal. You know, you just talked about this is a trend that we're seeing about teams coming back from being down 3-0, 3-1. Well, uh, people are forgetting Montreal was down 3-1 to Toronto in the first round. Right. And they came back. And they came right. back. A, a team with just as much offensive firepower as as the Tampa, this Tampa, the same Tampa Bay Lightning. So this isn't an unfamiliar position for Montreal. So, no, it, it is it over? Almost. But would it surprise me to see Montreal force a, a game six, maybe even a game seven? Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised still. Like if they force a game seven, I'm gonna be like, oh shit, like that is surprising. But it's it's just yeah. because the it's not because of who Montreal is or who Tampa is. It's just the law of numbers, right? You're like you are right. getting smashed in a series, right. and and frankly, there were parts of those first three games that were just like not. It was like Tampa was like, well, we're gonna go ahead and win this. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Right. Montreal was just like, oh, shit. Like, I don't, who are we even playing? It, it right. looked like the all-star team versus Montreal. Uh, <clears throat> but again, I think something happens. Once that team wins that first game, something happens to that other team that they feel that pressure. Yeah. Now, having 100%. said that, having said that, talent-wise, Tampa Bay still has the, the advantage. And so, oh, yeah, Montreal, the, the crazy thing for Montreal, and you do, and I think, Chad, I think you're right at first, but I think once you make the Stanley Cup finals, that talk about like nothing to lose goes away because you have everything no. to gain and everything to lose. When you're when you're the last team in the playoffs, you play that first and second round like you have nothing to lose because shit, we weren't supposed to be here. Now you're in the finals. Now, now you're in the finals. You forget that you weren't supposed to be there. You, forget um, that you weren't supposed to be there. I mean, I, I, I sort of agree with that, but at the same time, is if you do lose in the Stanley Cup final, you don't have anything to hang your heads about because boys, no one expect no one expected us to be here to begin with. So the fact that so the fact that we took Tampa to six games, you know, we played our best. We did what we had to, you know, to do to to try to beat the Lightning. I, I, I yeah, I just don't think when you weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Yeah, I I, I see a I see an avenue or a, or, or I see a, it. I see. I get what you're saying. I didn't mean yeah. to be like super argumentative with you or anything. I get what you're no, saying. No, no, no. I just think once 
once you see that you have four wins left to the Stanley Cup, all that other <laughs> shit goes out the window. All sure. that stuff goes out the window. And now it's just, uh, I think if you lose, you could say it all you want, Chad, right? You could say it all you want. I will never forget. 2007, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sure. Great example of that, right? Yeah. That team had no business. Sasha Pavlovich had no business making his yeah. way to the NBA Finals. Drew Gooden yeah. and Larry Hughes and that nonsense team. Right. And LeBron carried them to the finals. Fine. I, I will tell you, though, when they got swept by the Spurs, uh-huh. I, I like I had a moment after that because you were so close. Right. And it was devastating. So you can say, like, I think from the fan media perspective, it's like, sure, nothing to hold your head about. But right. if you're one of the players in that game, in these, in that series, you're like, Jesus, we were four wins away and we couldn't do it. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, sure, sure. If you're a player, obviously you're going to look at that differently. Right. But I, I, I mean, as a fan, when, I mean, you knew going into that 2007, <laughs> going to the 2007 finals, that this was, a, that this was a Cavaliers team that just, I, I don't know, but caught lightning in a bottle and made it. But it was also but, a Cavaliers know, team that beat the Spurs two times that year. You know what I mean? So he, you thought, oh, let's let's go. He fouled me right here. He fouled me right here. <laughs> yeah. I just remember. I, I'll never I'll never forget the camera picking that up, picking LeBron yes. up. I think I think that was in, at the end of Game Four. Wasn't yeah, there Game Three? Uh, yeah, that, that he was like he fouled me right here. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I hope Montreal comes back, and it's like <clears throat> when you look at Montreal and they play such a similar style to the Islanders. But the Islanders came so close because they're just as fast as as the Lightning, and they just have like a couple more goal scorers, uh, much more, a couple more uh, pieces of talent on the offensive side of the puck as Montreal does. And that's what, like when I watch these games, it's like I don't know where the goal scoring outside of Cole Caulfield, I don't know where the goal scoring is going to come from with this Habs team. So I'm just hoping. They just kind of grind this out and force a game six and seven, Mike. <laughs> well, that so the the second period starts great for Montreal. They right now they're coming to the end of a power play, uh, a Savard power play actually, uh, mm-hmm. or a Savard penalty uh, that is. Uh, and Montreal just maybe the worst power play I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> right, uh, right. More the puck spent more time in Tampa Bay's offensive end than it did in Montreal's on Montreal's power play. So they better wrap right. that up or else things could get ugly. Anyways, right. I will say this. Montreal wins game five tonight. Things get very interesting. Things get yeah. very interesting. But as of right now, again, everything leads Tampa. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's going on right now. I'm sure there will be reactions as we go through the rest of the podcast. The other big news of the week, Chad, let's get off of hockey for a second. Oh, that was sure. almost a goal right there. The other big news of the week, Chad, uh, it happened with the Olympics. And, and there's actually a couple things that are big news of the week, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start with the big one. Uh, really, the person that I would call maybe the darling of the Olympic trials, uh, Shakari Richardson. Uh, she was all over the news. She was all over the all over sports center. She ran her races, qualified for the Olympics. She was up hugging her family in the stands. She was given great interviews, like memorable interviews. Really like and visually like a, a stunning person to look at. Uh, so literally was going to be a face. She was going to be one of the faces of Team America at the Olympics. Team America, world police. That's yeah. correct. Uh, OK. Uh, she gets banned from the Olympic Games because they do a drug test and find marijuana in her system. And so 
Olympic mm. sprinter, uh, the the sprinter who won the uh, American Olympic hundred meter dash, one of the fastest women in the world, Shakira Richardson, no longer making her way to Tokyo. Chad, how'd you feel when you saw that? Uh, listen, on one hand, I get it. It's still a rule uh, in the IOC, and it, it, you know she failed the drug test. And and she's got to face the punishment for that. Like it's, but in today's world, it's such a dumb fucking rule. Oh, uh, I, I I mean, pot is legal in what nineteen plus states right now. Right, should be. And more. and the part that bugged me the most, the part that bugged me the most is literally there's wording in the rule, in the IOC. There's there's wording in the rule book that says. Marijuana is a performance enhancing drug. <laughs> and I don't know about anybody else. But the couple of times that I smoke weed, the couple of times that I smoke weed, I barely wanted to get off the fucking couch, let alone run a world record breaking 100 meter dash. Okay. Okay. Performance enhancing. You know what I'm, I'm visualizing like, like, okay. She's high. Right. She's at she's at the line. Right. Take your marks. Everybody takes their marks. Gun goes off. Everybody sprints at and she's like slow motion, but she thinks she is flying. And she's just like, Ooh. oh, with like that song in the background. Dun, 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 if, dun, I could, dun, if I could just find my feet, dun, I can run. Dun, dun, if I could just find my dun, feet, I can run. Dun, 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 dun. In the meantime, she runs a six minute. A hundred meter dash. You know, like what are we doing? The only way pot becomes a performance enhancing drug in Olympic sprinting is if you put like a pack of fucking ho hos at the finish line. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) shit, shit. I don't need need the pot. I'll I'll forego the pot. I'll win that race. (laughs) I love ho hos. I I I mean, uh, and and the fact that she like she was smoking weed to cope with the death of her mother too. Like it was, it was prescribed well, for anxiety. Like it's just, I don't know. I don't know what I, we're doing today. I hate. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say something. I like to argue with people online. I, I'm tired yeah. of acting. I'm tired of acting like I don't like to argue with people online. I like to argue <laughs> with people online. Yeah. So many people. It's like the popular thing. Uh, I don't need. I don't need these arguments. On, I like to argue with people online because everybody right. online is wrong. Everybody right. online is wrong. So, so I'm arguing with people online because because it is a stupid rule. I mean, yeah. the only way like you get these literal assholes that are like, well, it's the rule. It's the rule. <laughs> yeah. It's the rule. You're right. Yeah. It is the rule. Do you know how stupid rules get changed? You protest stupid rules. Right. There's enough outrage over a stupid rule that people get mad about it. And then they change the rule. That's how rules get changed. Right. If everybody was just like, well, rules are rules. Then none of these dumb rules would ever go away. This is a dumb rule. It's a dumb rule. They're literally. I don't know where Shakira lives. I don't know where she lives, but in her own home state, if she lives in one of those states where it's legal, it's perfectly acceptable for her to walk into a store, right? Where they pay taxes, right. selling weed. Right. And she can just buy it, get some, take it home, smoke it, whatever. So I, yeah, right. I know it's a rule, but it's a dumb rule. Right. And the only way you get that rule to change is to make a fuss about it. Oh, chance can't. Yeah. Uh, adorbs. Adorbs. Nobody can see this, but your ador- your cat is adorable. Uh, I don't even like. Thank that. you. Uh, uh, yeah, me neither. 
Yeah, it's uh, like, and here's the other thing. And that's that's the other thing. Again, it goes back to the judgmental thing. It's what we were talking about before. <sighs> I had somebody, I think it was somebody from one of the other shows on our network, actually, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I had somebody just very nonchalantly be like, because I think I, I said something about, ooh, Tarasenko requests a trade this off. Yeah, that's major. Whoa. <laughs> that is uh, major. Hey, Columbus, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, right. Pair him uh, with Patrick Liney. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I think I made a point. I, I made a, uh, something about, like, are we really still in 2021 dashing people's hopes and dreams of, like, a future and a career because they smoked weed? Like, really? And, of right. course, somebody... Well, it's a rule. And if getting high was that much more important to you than your hopes and dreams, then what does that say about you? And I said, listen, man, that's the judgmental shit that I'm talking about. You don't need right. to be judgmental. You don't know that she was just smoking weed to get high and have a good time. Like you said, Chad, then it comes out. She was using it as a coping mechanism, which, by the way, there are doctors that prescribe that shit. There are doc right. doctors that say that there is value in that. There are people that smoke weed for medical purposes. That's why there was a thing called medical marijuana, which is shouldn't be a thing anyways, because right. it should be legal anyways. But right. again, it's not, it's not a it. Why do we demonize people for this? And yet I'm sitting here drinking four beers a podcast. You can you can literally you can you can weed is a plant. You can grow weed. You know what else you can grow? You know what else makes it? Tobacco, <laughs> right? Right. You go tobacco. That's that's made. That makes cigarettes. You like, know what's it's, significantly it's, terrible for you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just again. I I hate that this <laughs> woman's. And, and then, but but then I agree with like it, it's a weird juxtaposition, right? Because because I other people the thing that gets me it's a stupid rule. Here's where I get it. And I think she handled it with incredible class and grace. And I will yeah. give all the props to her in the world. I think she handled it with class and grace. Other people have to live by that rule. Right, right. Chad? Right. Other people have to. Other people have to live by that rule. And they did. Right. And so the, the question is, in implementing a stupid rule or in enforcing a stupid rule, if other people are following this stupid rule and somebody breaks it, how is it fair to the people that were following it? And I agree with that. And she kind of made sure. that point. And sure. so then it came out. She was going to be a part of the relay team and they took her off that too. And, and, and I still don't agree with the rule, but I agree with that. Like, yeah, right. If, it's a rule if, that if, needs to be changed for sure. 100%. If, she, if she was going to be on the relay team, somebody else was going to have to not be right. And how do you justify that? So even though it's right. a dumb rule, I, I did agree with that. And it just, it just is, like I said, it's sad because I, I, I was watching the Olympic trials for two reasons. I was watching it for uh, Corey Crawford, Jay Crawford's son, who yeah. mm -hmm. just barely missed out, uh, made right. it to the finals and just barely missed out in the Olympics, which is I'm sure heartbreaking. And, and, but sure. it still was spe spectacular to see him get there. And, and she was much watched, must watch TV. Right. She was much must watch TV. And I, I it just now I'm pissed that like I was excited to watch her in the Olympics. And guess who's not going to do that? Emmanuel Acho, Emmanuel Acho said, yeah. uh, if we're smoking, 
smoking weed, making weed legal for sprinters is fine, but we like uh, making weed, uh, you know, like whoever, you know, who, I don't know. It becomes a much more dangerous game. If you smoke weed and you throw the javelin, I, that kind of goes back to my point of the fuck? being on the couch. Uh, if I'm smoking weed, the last thing I want to do is pick up a fucking nine foot dart and start throwing at people. Yo, what is he? T- <laughs> I'm oh, like, God. I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I like, I don't know. Was there evidence that she was like, did she? I, and it doesn't matter, first of all. But even, right. like, I doubt she was like, I doubt she stood there before her race and like smoked a couple of joints and then ran her race. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm guessing it was in her system from other times. Like, I, right. I, what are you talking about, Emmanuel Acho? Who I, I like Emmanuel Acho, but come on, man. You're just trying to have a take there. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyways, uh, the Olympics start soon. We have some exciting news about the Olympics, but we're going to wait. Uh, but uh, what I will say is uh, I think we're going to have some uh, we're going to have like an Olympic correspondent over there in Ooh. Tokyo. But that's the Ooh. other thing, Chad, before we get off the Olympics. So what comes out today? Like there's still a chance these Olympics don't happen. Right. There's right. still a chance a couple weeks before the Olympics are supposed to start. What, what are we? Three weeks before the Olympics are supposed to start Something like that. Yeah. Less than three weeks. Yeah. Today in Tokyo, the Japanese government declares a state of emergency because of COVID. <laughs> Shit. There's a chance that this doesn't oh, happen, right? Right. Yeah, there's there's still there's there's a good oh. chance. There's a good chance. Don't do that. I like the I don't know. Or do you like the Olympics, Chad? Yeah, I do. I well, like I I like the summer ones better than I like the winter ones. Oh, I don't you, know. Really? Yeah, I, I don't I'm the opposite. There's nothing. I don't have anything against the Winter Olympics. I just find the events much more enjoyable for like for me to watch. Like uh, you know, I don't know. I like the swimming. I like the track and field events. I like you know the baseball. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you know, it's just I just find the events much more enjoyable. I don't not I don't not watch the Winter Olympics, but I like the summer ones better. I just love. Whoa! I just smacked my computer. Hey there. Uh, I just <laughs> love. I love anything that pits country against country. I think that's yeah. so fun. That I I cannot stop watching the Euros. I cannot stop watching them country against country that like that, that fun. It's like a fun pride. It's not the annoying, like Patriot uh, pride in your country. It's like the fun, <laughs> like pride in your country. Uh, and, and, and the euros, I can't stop watching. I love when the world cup that's coming up soon. I love when the right. world cups on the Olympics. I love, I love when the Olympics are on country against country. I think it's so fun. Uh, so I'm, I'm praying that it, it continues. Chad, what's the, what's I was the about Olympic- to say, I, I was, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, what's the Olympic like competition that you enjoy that like people would be surprised you enjoy? Man, okay. I was going to say, first of all, I agree with you. And and World Cup is the only soccer I watch. Uh, but second of all, honestly, and this and this is coming from when I was a kid, and there's no real reason behind it. Uh, but I was I was always just glued to diving. Like, Ooh, I, I, I okay. love, I love watching, especially the high dive. Uh, like, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I was just riveted. Like, ooh, what type of splash are they going to make? How's their form? Right. You know, because because the splash, the splash is a difference between a great score and like a really really shitty score. So it's, right, uh, I, I was, I did. I found myself glued to diving. What about you, dude? I first of all with diving, uh, 
I've gone off a high dive once. It was the most terrifying experience. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Here's why. Right. Same height. But let's say you're let's say you're in Jamaica. Jamaica is famous for like cliff diving. You jump off cliffs. Uh It's a good time. Uh, Same height is not terrifying in Jamaica. Right. Here's why it's terrifying when you're in a natatorium. Right. Uh, So when I was at Texas A&M, we hosted the NCAA swimming and diving championships. And I was on like the host committee. It was a great time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where I met George and Barbara Bush and they were wonderful. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Barbara Bush, Bush brought in cookies and it was great. Uh, did did yeah, she was, make them herself? Did she, she did. Herself? She, yeah, she did. What? She was so nice. They were very nice people. Uh, 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 but at the end, like we were just throwing a little party in the natatorium because it was over and we put a lot of work into it, whatever. And people were going off the high dive and they were like, oh, Mike, go off the yeah. high dive. And I was like, okay. I go up there. Here's the difference. You're standing in the rafters of a building. <laughs> like that's what you don't realize. Once you yeah. get up to the top, you are in the ceiling. You, like you right. are in the rafters of a building. Right. So everything looks like it's super low, like super far away. I walked to right. the edge of that high dive and I was like, I'm going to pee myself. I am going to wet <laughs> the pants. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I did a triple Lindy once, and I just—it <laughs> yeah, was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> was that Back to School? Yeah, that's right. Thornton Melton. Fantastic, fantastic movie. That's right. Uh, all right. So, uh, uh, real quick, let's move on to one other thing I want to talk about before uh, we get into the Indians. But it kind of goes with what's going on right now. The NBA Finals are going on right now, yeah. and. Uh, I've, I've seen a couple interesting things. First of all, the finals. I think the finals are very interesting. I think the fact that you have Phoenix and Milwaukee in the finals, I think it's great. Uh, it, it, goes, yeah. it goes against everything you've talked about, Chad. And I know what you're going to say, but facts are facts. Yeah. This, is, this is what the finals are. Uh, uh, and, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I mean, I know for a fact that, uh, you know, if, if, if it wasn't four injuries, it would be chalk. But, but on the other side of that, I... I <laughs> Your boy Chad has actually watched game one of the finals because I'm so interested in the, because there's fresh blood, because yes. there's new blood for a change in the NBA finals. And I'm really, I'm really pulling for Chris Paul. I, you know, I think he's, I think he deserves a ring uh, oh, at, at some point. So I'm really pulling for him uh, to finish this thing out. But here's, here's my question. What again, it, it, it like, I, I think I'm railing against like judgmentalness here. Okay. I'm being judgmental against judgmentalness. Uh, All right. Uh, I saw several people that are like, well, whoever wins, it's an asterisk. Why? Why? And then they're like, well, oh, shit. Tampa Bay goes up one nothing. Uh, and then they're like, uh, okay, so look, look at the Suns path to the finals. Uh, and they get LeBron, but Anthony Davis gets hurt. And then they get the Nuggets. But uh, uh, Murray is hurt, and like actually, the Nuggets like starting backcourt is hurt, and then they get the Clippers, and uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's out. So all these guys were hurt on the way to the finals, and then the Bucks, you know, they don't have to face off against Kyrie, and uh, you know, because they get the Hawks and blah. They, they're just making excuses, and I'm like, that has happened every year in every sport. There's never a year in any, find me a year. I I, I challenge somebody. I challenge somebody. Find me a year 
in basketball or baseball or hockey or football in the playoffs <laughs> where, where, where every team was healthy. Every team this had is, nobody hurt. These are the same morons that are going to put an asterisk by the bubble championship with LeBron. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't well, know. So that's actually what somebody did. They went back and they were like bubble asterisk and the Raptors played the Warriors without KD asterisk. Right. And then before that, the Warriors played the Cavs, but KD soft ass joined the Warriors asterisk. Oh, and the Warriors, and the, Cavs, the Warriors played the Cavs without Kyrie and, and Kevin Love. The Cavs played the Warriors and Draymond Green got suspended because he kicked LeBron in the nutsack asterisk. <laughs> yeah. And the dude literally went all the way back to the last time the Spurs won the championship. And he was like, this is the real defending champion. It's the only team in my mind that doesn't have an asterisk. You're the dumbest. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, you know what the fact of the matter is? The Bucs have had injuries. Giannis. Giannis did not play in two games of the last series. Right. Right. The Suns have had injuries. Chris Paul is injured. Chris Paul is. And listen, Chris Paul and I, what? We're about the same age. Chris Paul, I get it, man. He's grabbing his hand and his ankle and sh- he's hurt. And he, he had COVID. Hurt. And he had COVID. And he had COVID, <laughs> right? Like they had injuries. Like what do we the Use the excuse all you want. And it, it was sad to see a lot of the superstars go out. But the fact uh-huh. of the matter is like the teams that are there got there for a reason. Right. And they deserve to be there. The, the, the Phoenix Suns, legitimately have been uh, one of the most fun teams to watch that I can remember. Yeah. yeah. Like they have been a blast. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, yeah, it's been a good time. I mean, if there was, this could have been, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. little COVID cough. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it could have been a lame finals, but, it, it, but this needed a story. And, you know, and the story is the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker breaking out along with Chris Paul having a chance to get a ring. You know, I mean, this it's, it's, if, if there was going to be a finals without a KD, a LeBron, a Kyrie, or some, it, it was going to need to be a finals, not with like these grinded out type teams who are, you know, who are playing right. team back. It was going to, it was going to need to be a finals with some guy, guys that you wanted to see like a Devin Booker, like a Chris Paul, like a Giannis, like a, I don't know. I don't know if Eric Bledsoe is that guy or Chris Middleton is that guy. I don't, you're not that guy. No, you're not that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it it needed to be guys that you could root for. And I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Giannis are guys people can root for. Uh, It's it's funny for me because I have a, I have a, uh, an unabashed, and yet not very well. Like I, I don't like Giannis. I know, but <laughs> you I made like, it very clear. And, but I don't mean it like there's, it's not that I don't like Giannis, right? Like the guy seems like a great model citizen type person. He's a good sure. teammate. He's a good sure. base of his franchise. He is Gre- Greece is cool. I've, yeah, uh, you know, he I've seems, I'd I, I love to go to Greece. Let's not make it like a personal thing, but like, Again, I think they try to make Giannis LeBron, and he's not LeBron. And he I mean, only won he only won two MVPs because they're tired of giving MVPs to LeBron. Is the fact of the matter. That's why Giannis <laughs> won his. 
he's he's not he, he isn't that guy that should be playing the way that he does and and so like there's that part of me that like just wants them to lose i just like please i'm just hoping the suns win cuz they play so well and everybody plays in the right position uh but at the same time right of course you got to shout out of course you got to shout out giannis of course you got to shout out chris middleton a, a guy, Chris Middleton, right. a Texas A&M Aggie. Dude was a right. stud in college. Dude was a stud in college, yeah. but everybody thought he was going to be slow. He wasn't going to be good enough in the NBA. Dude's an all-star. Uh, Drew yeah. Holiday, that Bucks yeah. team, Brooks, uh, Brooke Lopez has like found himself. Uh, that Bucks team right. has figured some shit out. And I think, right. I, I do think the Suns are a better team. I love, right. I have to say, I love Jeff, and and we're going to get into the Indians in a second. I love the way that Jeff, uh, the Suns play. I love that yeah. they their offense is predicated on getting mid range jump shots. Right. Like, where was the right. last team you saw that had an offense predicated on mid range jump shots? I, I, the nineteen seventy four New Orleans the, Jazz. The Spurs. I mean, Tim Duncan really loved the yes. left and right blocks. Yes. And Manu uh, and and Tony Parker was automatic. Right. Right. Yeah, so I mean, there's that, and let's not forget. I would love to go to Greece. Greece is perfect. Like, have you ever seen what you, pictures what do you of like Santorini? About Greece? Have you ever seen pictures of Santorini? Holy shit! Do I want I have, to go there one day? J- Chad, you remember I am the one that came up with uh, Europe trivia, so you know I've seen pictures. But you did not mention Greece. You did not mention. Well, Greece I didn't have a reason to at the time. Oh, all right, fine. But yeah, I want to go to Santorini. Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Chad? Let's uh, next week live episode seventy three of the Garage Beers podcast from Santorini. Oh God, that will be awesome! You're gonna be able to pull that off next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, hundred. I like. You know what? Let me book tickets now. Hey, boss, I'm gonna need right a couple now. days off. Yeah, I want. I want one of those pools that overlook the ocean. That will be awesome. All right. So while Chad's over here dreaming of going to Greece and beautiful vacations and Santorini Ah, and all that, I'm ah, over here dreaming about taking a vacation from baseball. (laughs) I'm dreaming about vacationing away from the game of baseball, because here we sit on July 7th. We're talking the Indians have just lost back to back double headers. Uh, for the for, for they they did it twice in a week. They lost du- uh, two double two games in a doubleheader. They have Joe mentioned it earlier in the uh, in the episode. Uh, you okay, Chad? I'm all right. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe mentioned it earlier, and I agree with him. I know that the uh, record book isn't going to um, uh, uh, display this, but the Indians just got no hit for the third time this season, even though it only was a seven inning game because it was a double header and the Indians went, we went from celebrating last week on this podcast with Hayden Grove. We were sitting here talking about, man, by some miracle, the Indians are 10 games over 500. And I, I paused for a minute to say, Hey, if you finish the season, 10 games over 500, you're, you've won 86 or 87 games. Like it's not some magic thing you did. They were 10 games over 500. You know what the record is today? 42 and 42. 500. One week later, one week later, the Indians That's are impressive. 500. 
Because most teams don't play enough games to go down 10 games (laughs) (laughs) in a week's span. It's it's truly, truly impressive. One week later, we go from 10 games over 500 to 500 and boys. And here's, here's the scary thing. Here's the scary thing. We also went from, Oh, we're going to get Fran mill back. Oh, we're going to get this guy back. Oh, oh, police acts coming back. Oh, we're getting some of our players back. Okay, good. We got some of our players back. You know what it meant? Nothing. We got no oh, hit today. We lost two games today. We got one guy back. Well, and Framiel is out here doing the most with his return. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, I mean, honestly, doing things. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can put the blame on everyone for the second game, but uh, what was it yesterday? He like batted in five runs and we still lost. Like, yes. The dude's doing the most. Uh, but we are just. Again, I, we've said it before. We're just not in the luxury of having the starting pitching uh, to fill in the gaps like we used to. I mean, we have literally nobody's out there right now. Well, and that's that, Joe. That's that's the thing. That's the thing that you have to keep talking about. This Indians team. I know we've talked about it before. If you if you listen to us before, you're probably like, oh, here they go again. But whatever, you have to keep talking about this. This Indians team has brought up these guys. I've said it a hundred times. Corey Kluber, when he came up, was a guy. That's what he was. He was going to be like a back end of the of the rotation guy. And he was a Cy, two-time Cy Young winner. So Shane Bieber was just a guy when they brought him up. And he's a Cy Young winner. Uh, Aaron Savale. Nobody even knew who Aaron Savale was. We were like, who's this? He was like the next coming of Adam Plutko. Boom, rotation guy. Zach Plesak. <coughs> boom, solid <coughs> number two starter. Like, they were yeah. so used to... We are so used to it as an Indians fan base since 2013, 2014, when they need somebody, there's always somebody. Well, guess what? There's nobody. Well, we're in dry. Sam Henches. Nope. Uh, Mejia. Nope. Uh, uh, Eli Morgan, who I actually think, I think of all these guys, Eli Morgan's got a chance because he's got that filthy uh, change up. And I think if he can just figure it out, he can be a decent pitcher. But at right now, nope. The offense Nope. Like, yeah, yes and no. Uh, I mean, it's definitely like a down year for the offense, but I don't think they're like far off of where they've been in the past. That's my problem, though. Well, Joe, Joe, but that's my problem. That's my problem. The offense is always for the past four or five years. The offense is what holds this team back. Yeah, it's always like, been the pitching. Like one or two players off, though. Like you're a complete offensive rebuild off from being what you wanted. Right. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, you went from listen, we can rely on the pitching. How many games did we win the last three, four years? Three to one, two to one, two to nothing, three to nothing, one to nothing. We won a ton of those games over the last three or four years. Guess what we're not doing this year? We're still scoring one or two runs. The other teams aren't. <laughs> that's that's the problem. You've always banked on this pitching staff to carry an offense, and guess what yeah. they're not doing? Carrying an offense. Yeah. Nobody's carrying anybody. No. It's atrocious. Nobody has a sore back. Or no, nobody's on the IL for back injuries. No one's putting the team on their back. Except uh, for Emil. Guys, it's scary. I, I, it's, again, y- you never know. They could go on a nine-game winning streak. It happens. Yeah. The way this team looks right now, though, it's scary. Yeah, I, I was talking to your dad about it, Joe. 
And he was like, this team in the second half of the season is going to have to be at, at, at worst is going to have to be 15 games over 500 to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's a, it's a strong uh, American league this year. That ain't happening. I, I, I was going to say, even even then, I'm not sure they would make a wild card because the American league is is very, very competitive this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a good year for the American league. And here's yeah. the thing that continues to scare me. Here's the thing that continues to scare me. We're going to get to points where people are going to ask questions. Why didn't you make a trade at the deadline? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? And it's going to just, and it's going to be the same thing in the off season. Y'all Indians fans get ready for this. Indians fans can all get ready for this. All Indians fans in the off season. Yeah. I'm going to get sassy about this in the off season. The front office is going to do the same goddamn thing that they do every year. They're going to blame the injuries for how bad the Indians were. They're going to make zero moves minor. They're going to make minor moves. They're going to blame the injuries for how bad they were. And they're going to try to sell you that the team at the beginning of the 2021 season, they thought was good enough to win the world series. Then they had all the injuries. So hopefully going into 2022, we keep that same team around and they're good enough to win the world series. Guess what guys? They're not this roster at the beginning of this season was not good enough. It wasn't good enough and it's not going to be good enough next year, but that's how they're going to try to sell you. And it's going to be the same damn thing next year. How much of that onus, though, do you put on? Uh, do, do you put on um, the front office as to po- as opposed to the ownership? Because I feel like the because I feel like this front office has to make those excuses for the ownership, don't you think? I I, I mean I I. I I know, you know, that's their, you know, the front of this front office is their sounding is the sounding board for this team because the ownership certainly isn't going to come out and say, I don't know, we're crying poor, we're, we're, yeah. we couldn't make these moves injury, but, but like, do you, I, I, I just kind of feel really bad for Antonetti and Chernoff because I, I don't know. I've said before, I feel like they come out of meetings from with the Dolans from like budget meetings every year, and they, they have to have like a flask on hand just because, like, <laughs> oh, fuck, here we, like, oh, fuck, here we go again. And they just, and they just have to drink because they have to constantly make up excuses and reasons for why this team, I, I, I don't know, you know, like I said, is falling apart in the middle of the season with I mean, injuries. Do we think or that, like, is it is it always an ownership thing? Is it could it be a front office thing though too? At all? Not no, not even a possibility. No, I don't. I, I feel okay. Okay. Well, like, why not though? Like, why why isn't any blame on Chernoff, Antonetti, or the scouting team, or the farm system? Okay, so first of all, do you think do you think Chernoff and Antonetti? Do you think do you think Mike Chernoff wanted to come into the season with a payroll of forty million dollars? Do you think that was his choice? No. So ridiculously low, so inconceivably low, like Princess Bride style, inconceivable, like so low. <laughs> Like, there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for that. You you shut this window on yourself. I do think, I, Joe, to, to fairly answer your question, I was going to say this to you, Chad. I think there's a little bit of, I, I almost want to call it like hubris. I almost want to call it like, I think there's a little bit with this, with this front office, this thing where they kind of want to, they want to show people how good they can be with like, without the support of the ownership. I think there is an element of that. So, so no, I, of course, I don't think every, every move they've made has been good. I don't think every move you can say what you want about how Lindor has played the beginning of this year. I don't think the return for Lindor was good. Yeah. 
I don't think it was good at all. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I think if you're putting the onus on somebody, I think it's like 90% ownership. I think it's like heavy ownership. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's I a hard thing. So it's, a, it's a hard thing. It's a go ahead, Chad. No, I was going to say, I think so too, because I think the ownership uh, is, is constantly forcing this front office to try to pull rabbits out of their hat. I, I, and it is, this team is so scared of bottoming out. I think they just make up all these excuses. Like you talked about earlier, Mike, as to why this happened and, and why they had, and they try to have to, they feel like they have to constantly find something to be able to mark themselves as, Oh, this is why we're competitive or this is why we're not competitive. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think they constantly are forcing Antonetti and Chernoff and even DiBiaseo to, uh, on some radio interviews to, to constantly just pull rabbits out of their hat and, and to try to not to ruin the squeaky clean image of this, t- of this club. Well, I think eventually you're going to get, you're eventually going to get to the point, like even at the end of this year, guys, let's say they finish this year, 500, this for an, and, and they have to like, you know, we can talk about it and we will talk about it because they can't come out and say what they really want to say. They can't right. come out and say, we suck. We want to make this team better, but we don't have the payroll f- flexibility to do so. Like right. Mike Chernoff can't just come out and say that. Uh, right. Uh, listen, the, the sad thing about the Dolans is they're, they are an incredibly good family for the city of Cleveland. Right. A, they own the Indians. They are a Cleveland family. The Indians are not going anywhere as long as the Dolans own the Indians. I know that's a fear that some people have. The Indians could go somewhere. Not if the Dolans own the team. They will not go anywhere. And take them away from the Indians, the charitable work and the, and the stuff the Dolans do. You know, Joe, we, we've done a lot with that. We've been a part of that, like, Velasano thing. Your aunt is a huge part of that. He's huge with that. They are good for the city of Cleveland. They're just not good owners for the baseball team. So it's a hard, it's hard to talk about them. And, and, like, they're not demonizing. Like, they're not terrible people. They're not awful people. But, man, they're trying to run the Indians. This is the thing that I, drives me crazy. They're trying to run the Indians like they're a business to make money. And if you're an owner that needs to make money off of your sports team, you shouldn't own a sports team. <laughs> right. That's the bottom line, especially baseball. Right. I don't know, Joe, you look like you had yikes. something else. No, yikes. It's just yikes. Yikes all around. Everybody gets a shot of yikes. All right, so here's what I want. <laughs> I, I, got, I got like a couple minutes for everybody. A couple minutes for everybody. Let's say the Dolans brought you into their office and you've got Chernoff and Antonetti there. And let's say, let's say the Dolans brought you in and they said, listen, we think we're doing a shitty job at owning this baseball team. And we want you to be brutally honest with us. (laughs) What can we do to make this organization better? What is your pitch? Not just the team, the organization. What can we do to put more fans in the seats? What can we do to make the team better? What's your pitch? I'll freaking tell you. Uh, holy hell. Fan experience, number one. Uh, they got very cute with all these little restaurants that they put in, all these Cleveland-owned businesses that they put instead of concession stands. Let me tell you, I went to the game on July 3rd, and I stood for a full inning in one concession stand line to get a beer. A full inning of a game for one beer. There's hardly anybody like selling stuff through the stands. It is, I don't know if it's like a lack of workers. Uh, it's definitely a, like a lack of places to go and get a refreshment or food. Like it is hor- Like if you want to go to the ballpark and you can, 
do two things. You can stand in your seat the entire time and not have anything while you're there and spend more money, or you can spend the entire game, which might be better because they've really sucked the past week, but you could spend <laughs> the entire game waiting in line for a hot dog uh, or a $12 beer. Yeah, that's all. All right, fan experience. I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm, a, little, I'm a little miffed at the man, fan experience from the last time I won. Okay, Chad, what can they do better? I mean, I mean in the interest of being different than Joe, uh, spend spend the money that everybody knows you have. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, stop stop crying poor. Uh, and you know, when you're on the cusp of, of winning a World Series, when you're on the cusp of I don't know. Give it, giving this city its its first baseball championship, and I don't know. I, I not going to do the math right now since nineteen forty eight. Since nineteen forty eight, seventy uh, seventy three years. Right. Uh, uh, spend the money everybody knows you have to to bring in. I don't know whatever missing piece that that it is. You know whether it's a power hitter, whether it's I, I don't know because ultimately in sports, even with the fan experience that Joe talks about, winning is what puts butts in the seats. Yep. But well, don't also own a team if you're gonna if 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 you are going to cry poor, every owner in some capacity dishes out money. Like the amount of teams with incredibly below average payroll just pales in comparison to the rest of the league. It's for us, it's the Indians and what the Royals, I think. Pirates. Pirates, but pirates don't have literally any players. We have all stars on the, our team. The thing is, here's the thing. Right. You guys, you guys hit. I have three things. You guys hit two of them. The fan experience is terrible. You have to terrible. quit, quit telling your ushers to act like prison security guards. Oh, it's when, when the stadium is half full and somebody wants to like switch seats, who gives a shit? Who cares? Like if I want to go sit, that's the funny thing at, at progressive field. If I buy tickets behind home plate, lower level, the most expensive tickets I can buy. If I buy those tickets and then I decide eh, fifth inning, the stadium's half full. I want to go watch the game from the bleachers. I'm not allowed. What is that? Right. Who gives a shit? Quit having the ushers. The old stadium, you could go wherever you wanted to. Fenway <laughs> Park, you can sit wherever you want in Fenway Park, right. and they will tell you that. The right. only place, honest to God, the only place they will stop you in Fenway Park is if you got, go try to sit on top of the Green Monster. Those are the only <laughs> seats they watch like Hawks. Everywhere else, the ushers will tell you, yeah, those seats are empty. Go sit in them. Yeah, and like, if someone has a ticket and comes back, you move. That's Fenway Park. What are you talking about? The, 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 that part of the fan experience is so bad. They, they have that place on, like, lockdown because they think – and you know what the excuse they give? Well, what if there's a season ticket holder watching and they see somebody sitting in their seats? Why aren't you here? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you don't want somebody sitting in your seats? Maybe you should have come. Okay, good plan. So you guys hit on, uh, Chad, you hit on the money thing. Obviously, they have the money. This is, the whole thing is so stupid. Of course, right. they have the money. Right. And, and guys, I was thinking about this the other day. Just imagine if they had like a middle of the road major league base. Like here in Cleveland, we are not asking you to have a $400 million payroll. That's not right. what we're asking. Like maybe have a middle of the road payroll. Right, but they're going to use the excuse that they did that, that they Tampa Bay, that they paid I Tampa Bay, that or they pay paid. somebody so like people want to be here. <laughs> well, they're going to make the excuse that they gave they gave Edwin Encarnacion a contract, and they brought in Encarnacion, and they brought in these other players, and it didn't work. It almost worked. You were contending, like 
that 2017 team, that, that team just fell apart in the playoffs. That that 2017, oh, 2017 yeah. That 2017 team was better than the 2016 team. Way they better. just fell apart in that Yankee series. Otherwise, that was a great team. They just gave up. They just gave up. So here's my here's my last thing. So I guys, you hit on two of the three things I had, right? Better fan experience at the ballpark. The Cleveland Indians at the stadium, it should feel like a minor league team. Right? It, with a major league flair to it. It should be fun. It should be family, whatever. You know what the other thing is? As of 2019, which was the last season before this year that fans were allowed in the stadium. When you look at average median income in a city versus the cost for a family of four to attend a baseball game, the Indians were number one most expensive. (laughs) Median household income in the city versus cost to attend the game. Cleveland Indians were number one. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ. They have gotten so out of hand with that. Everything's too expensive. Right. And and I'm not saying like you got to be poor. Everything is too expensive. The seats are too expensive. The tickets are too expensive. The food and the beer, it's all too expensive. You have they have looked around the league and been like, well, New York charges for this and Boston charges for this and LA charges for this. And they have priced their market out of their baseball game. They sit on TV and they cry because they're like, well, our team has been good the last several years and people aren't coming. People aren't coming because you forget where you are, right? You think you're in (laughs) New York and you can just price the games. However you want, Chad, you said winning is everything. No, it isn't. You're right. Like, I'm not saying that to disagree with you. Winning is a lot, but you eventually get to a point where you have become so expensive for a family right. to take their game to the ballpark in the city you live in that nobody wants to come. The reason yeah. people don't go to the Indians games is that, that if you want to know the honest answer that they are so out of touch, right? Bam. And it's, it's, it's infuriating. Make seats 25% less. They're so, they're so stupid that they don't realize 25% knockoff of the seat prices is going to get you way more people in the seats and you're going to make more money, but you're right. too stupid to realize it. And then they increase ticket prices. Right. And then they're like, well, if we want to make money, we got to, well, we got to sell more. We got to charge more for tickets. Right. No, <laughs> make the tickets cheaper. Make it easier for families to come to your game in Cleveland and not in Boston. They must, right. they must have like old money, right? Like they didn't, they didn't make their fortune. Did they? No, they're not like a, like a tech fortune company that just right. happened in the so, last 20 years I, but like is it like um i walked into hundreds of millions of dollars and now i own a baseball team or is it i built a business from the ground up and own a baseball team uh you know i don't quite remember i think larry dolan was a part of building a business but now it's paul paul dolan's the owner larry is not the owner anymore. It, yeah did they make their money in like cable tv or something or was that dick jacob oh, great well, they're the Dolan family, right? Like, like they're related to the Dolans of New York. It's it's the whole Dolan right. situation. I don't know. Right. Anyways, that's that's the thing where, like, if 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 I could have their ears for ten seconds, I would spend my time talking about how out of touch they are with the city of Cleveland. Without how out of touch they are, you sit there and act like it's cool to just charge eighty dollars per seat, plus food, plus parking. Plus, yeah, people in Cleveland aren't going to that, and then they'll point. <laughs> afford that. Well, they'll point at other things. Oh, people go to the Browns game. There's eight of those. Right. 
There's eight of those. Right. <laughs> I can buy the most expensive tickets at the Browns game for eight games and spend less than a stupid seat at the Indians. Right. Well, right. the cab, the Cavs charge a lot. First of all, the NBA is entirely more popular than baseball right now. Entirely right. more popular. It's right. more fun to go to an NBA game than it is to a baseball game at this point. And Ooh. again, there's 40 of those. Stop comparing these things. Get in touch that, that I, I could sit on this for three days. Yeah. The fact of the matter is if you pull Clevelanders, People listening to this, why don't you go to more Indians games? Because I can't spend that much to take a four-year-old to an Indians game. I don't want to spend that much. And that's the fact. So, Especially when he's not going to sit and watch the whole damn game. (laughs) Right, right. And you know what's sad? You know what's really sad? My favorite memories growing up were my mom taking me to Indians games because at the old stadium, it was cheap. It was affordable. She had a ticket package. No big deal. If she right. was a single mom. It didn't matter. She could have right. a ticket package. Cool. At the old stadium, it was fine. My favorite memories growing up when I was two, three years old, my mom taking me to games. Kids now, they're not going to get those memories because their parents are like, I can't. It's like $400 for me to take you to the game. Yeah, right. It's ridiculous. So be cheaper to go to a movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, first time ever. All right, so the last thing we're going to talk about, let's get off the Indians. It was, it was depressing. They're, they're, they're in a tailspin right now, and who knows when it's going to end. Uh, the 500 Cleveland Indians. Uh, the only other thing that happened this week that I wanted to talk about for a second, the, the match happened. Uh, so the golf match, which was beautiful, by the way. But Tom Brady and uh, who'd Brady golf with? Phil Mickelson. Golf, golfed against Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambitch. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually quite fun to watch, uh, except for DeChambich, because he is always whiny and awful. Uh, but it got me thinking. So, so an asshole put, flew in on a helicopter. Oh, what an asshole. What a douche. <laughs> he was also doing mini pushups on his way. Um, uh, it got me thinking, guys. So here's what I want to know as we close out the show. I want to know the garage beers foursomes. So... Here's the stipulation. You get a golfer, you get an athlete, and then you get a non-athlete celebrity. Ooh. Okay. You cannot take somebody that somebody else has already taken. Okay. Okay. So so we're going to draft this. Okay. Uh, and and I want to see who who's the four that you're going to put together and why. So I did a little okay. order here while we were talking before. And so... It doesn't matter who you go. Like, you can take your golfer first. You can take your non-athlete first. Whatever you want to do. You just can't take the same person. Joe, me, Chad. That's the order. Wow. Damn it. You guys better not take mine. But it's going to snake, Chad. So you're going to get two picks back to back. All All right. right. Still better not take mine. Joe, you get the first pick. If you were making a golf foursome, who are the three people that are going to join Joe Whalen? Oh my gosh! Uh, oh, so it's just—it's just one pick. It's just one pick, right? Like, yes. He's—he's he's, like he's saying his, yeah. whoever he wants. Now. Yeah, it's like, like okay. a draft. We're gonna I draft. Start gotcha, with gotcha. Golfer, then. Uh, and I'm gonna go with Phil Mickelson because he's Phil. the only left-handed golfer that I followed growing up, and I hit from the wrong side of the ball as well. And he was my favorite golfer. You do hit from the same, the wrong side of the ball. It's very frustrating. Yes. Uh, so Phil Mickelson is the first pick off the board. I love that. Uh, 
man, I don't know what I want to do here. I, I think I am going to take just people I want to hang out with. I think I'm going to take the non golfing or the non athlete celebrity first. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take my favorite celebrity just forever. He will always be my favorite celebrity. I want Tom Hanks on my squad. I'm going to go out and golf with Tom Hanks. I love right. that guy. Does he even golf? And no, they don't have to golf. It doesn't matter. Oh, all right. All right. So you can just be terrible. All right. It, yeah. Who is, it's, <laughs> it's, it's three people you want to just go out and play around to golf with, have some drinks, oh, whatever. Dude. Yeah. So Chad, you get back-to-back picks here. Dude, right off the bat, I'm going John Daly. I knew you were going to do that. That's why I didn't take it. <laughs> I'm fucking Daly. You got damn right. I mean, like he... How could you not want to party with that guy? I like, I mean, or, or or hang out with that guy. Like, I just want to like ride in a cart with him at a Hooters golf outing. Uh, okay, God. So, so, so we got two know. golfers, Phil Mickelson and John Daly, come off the board right off the bat. And boys, I think those are two very respectable first round picks. So my second one. Uh, so I'm going with a celebrity. Let's Ooh. just go up. I mean, Bill Murray. Oh, Bill Murray. Yeah. I I mean, I just feel like I just, I I want the most fun foursome possible. I'm going to go for John Daly and Bill Murray. John Daly and Bill Murray. Damn. That's it. That's it. That's a hell of a start. (sighs) That's a, that's a big personalities, Chad. Right. That's a lot to keep up with. And I'm, I'm, I'm no small personality. All right. So uh, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. What? Uh, I mean, obviously I'm smaller than them, but Hey, size doesn't matter. <laughs> That's how you work it. All right. So I suppose I can leave my golfer to the last pick because neither one of you can take a golfer. So I'm going to go with an athlete. So I'm going to pick an athlete that I want to golf with somebody. I want to have a good time with, uh, athlete wise. Okay. I think I will go. I, I got to keep it Cleveland because I don't know. <laughs> I don't give a shit about anybody else. Uh, so I will take who I think is probably the most popular Cleveland athlete that I know. Uh, and, and I think we would just have a good time is Joe Thomas. All right. I'm going to put Joe Thomas okay. on my list. It's, it's such okay. an interesting. It's very what? interesting. That's great. No, that's great. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going in a different direction. All right. What direction are you going to go in, Joe? Um, I'm going to bring out prime and, uh, a prime, uh, Bob Probert. What? Bob- yep. You're going Bob Probert? <laughs> yep. As my athlete. What? what? <laughs> and I'm so Joe. glad this is a snake draft. Cause this Joe. What? Now you don't have Joe. to wait. That is amazing. Joe. Joe wants to golf and do eight balls on the course. <laughs> oh, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Now, here we go, go because it's my turn again. All right, so oh, what's yeah, the last one? A non athlete celebrity, Bill Mickelson, <laughs> Bob Probert, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ. <laughs> a non athlete, right? A non athlete, oh, yeah, okay, Bryson a, yeah. Sandwich. Oh, you can't take Bryson to shit. Yes, I can. He's a golfer, you have two golfers. He's a golfer, an athlete. He's not an athlete. Reason but he's being, a golfer. No, we're vetoing that. You can't take him. You got to put vetoing. Up. Oh, it's going to be my whole vibe. No. Yeah. Oh. You can either take Phil Mickelson or Bryson DeChambeau. Which one? Phil or my cousin? 
Yo, Phil or my cousin. Well, I want to, yeah, I'm going to obviously kill my hero here, and I'm going to take Bryson. There's an obvious what? point. Yeah. You Bryce just got rid of your first-round pick. Yeah. Well, all right. So, for the reason, reason being, yeah, number one overall pick, Bryson DeChambich. Uh, reason being is because I just kind of want to walk over his line the entire game. <laughs> and if he gets pissed, then I got a good old Bobby boy over here that can back me up. Wow. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying you're taking Bryson DeChambich so you can fuck with him the whole time. Yeah. And then... When he gets mad, you have got Bob Probert to just beat him up. Yeah. You want dead you want dead from Bob Probert. Like you yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Let's let's throw that in some amazing. Let's say I'll go Cleveland for the non athlete celebrity that I'll I'll throw in like Drew Carey or something and we'll just have some fun time and shoot the shit. Dude, um <laughs> I'm not hold on. I'm gonna hold I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my judgment on this until we're done. Uh so this goes back to me. I've got Tom Hanks and Joe Thomas. So I need a golfer. Uh, yeah. And so um, I think I'm going to pick. I think I'm going to pick Dustin Johnson. All right. I like Dustin Johnson. He seems like a good time. Okay. Um, if Dustin Johnson shows up, there's a chance I meet Wayne Gretzky and Paulina. Okay. Uh, so that would always be great. Okay. Uh, and, and I think Dustin Johnson, uh, again, he brings up, he brings up the, the, the validity of the group. So I'm bringing Dustin Johnson in. Okay. Strictly right. for the Gretzky factor. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right, oh, that's a trip. Sorry. All right, Chad, who's the last pick? Oh man. I mean, I, I can't go non big personality and I have an athlete left. So I'm going to go Charles Barkley. Ooh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that sounds like the most fun foursome under the context and the rules that, that you gave me yeah. of, of that, that I could possibly have. I mean, it would be the best foursome uh, uh, of golf I've ever played. All right. Let me give you my impressions of these teams. So let's break them down real quick. Joe has okay. Bryson DeChambich, Bob Probert, and Drew Carey. I have Tom Hanks, Joe Thomas, and Dustin Johnson. The ghost Chad of Bob Probert. And Chad has John Daly, Bill Murray, and Barkley. So here's yeah. what I'll say. I think I come in last place. <laughs> like, I think I, I think I'd have a really good time, but sure. I think I come in last place in this draft. Joe, I think that was one of the greatest like left turns I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like to just dump Phil Mickelson on his head. He was one A. He was number one. Round number one, one overall one. pick. Yeah, dumped his ass on his head and took Bryson DeChambeau instead. Solely that you, so you could mess with him and have Bob Probert beat him up. <laughs> I, yep. I don't even care. Your your celebrity picks, uh, Drew Carey, whatever, whatever. That's tossing. That's a sh- that's a shit. He pick, but, should be honored to join this foursome. That your reasoning behind that was maybe the most well thought out thing I have Thank ever you. heard. Thank you. <laughs> and and Chad, you have the best like golf draft. Like right, right. Your guys all golf. John Daly, right. golfer. Bill Murray, golfer. Barkley likes to golf. You have like the best golf draft. But Joe, the the amount of thought that you just put into what you did, man. Bravo. Thank you. Thank bravo. You. Sure. Bravo. Freaking vote. Thank you. Well, yeah, and mean, and you know what? If he gets the shit beat out of him, then everybody wins. Think of the beers that I would have. Think of the the gambling that I would have on that course. Think of the jokes. Dude, I said, I said I think you did great. I think you did great. <laughs> At the same time, like <laughs> 
<laughs> what Joe just pulled is spectacular. So it's because he wants to walk in his line and then beat him up. And then the, and then, the, and dude, then, get, the dude gets pissed when he's on a PGA tour and someone's dude, videotaping him. That then, was so good. And then when <laughs> you have a guy that's not even on this earth anymore that you're expecting to fight Bryson when you want his life. Dead or alive was fine. He's in his prime. I, I did specify a, 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 pa, a prime Bob. Uh, prime. Oh, okay. He did say prime. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. That All right. Fair was, enough. That was spectacular. Yeah. So, fair enough. Joe, I, 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 I pre- Chad, you did, you had a great draft. Your foursome is great, but Joe, man, I think I vote you. <laughs> uh, uh, if you're listening, let us know. Get over to our socials. Let us know who's your, who's your golf foursome, who's your ultimate golf foursome. And, you know, follow along with those rules because yeah, we don't want it to be boring. Uh, all right. So, guys, that's going to do it for us. Let's just really quickly go through three cheers of the week because we got to do it. It's our it's it's a good segment to bring us up. Happy thoughts at the end of the week. Uh, and so who wants to go first? Three cheers of the week. I'll Who's go first. One? Joe, go ahead. I would like to cheers Carlos Cookie Carrasco. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because I absolutely love this guy and I hate <coughs> seeing that he's uh, had to deal with this incredible hamstring injury. Um, and he tossed his first live batting session today, I think. Yeah. Uh, and is on track to come back and pitch for the Mets, I believe, in the next week or two. And I like the guy. I just – I don't like seeing guys like Cookie, you know, get off for an entire year because of an injury. So I'm happy to see him back and healthy. Love it. All right. We give a cheers to Carlos Carrasco on this podcast. I'll, I'll go next, Chad. I don't know if you've got one, but I'll let you wrap up the show. You know what my cheers going to be? My cheer, <laughs> you better figure one out, you asshole. My cheer, <laughs> it's Wednesday. My cheers goes out to these thunderstorms that rolled through here today because it literally went from 92 degrees to 74. Oh. And holy hell, thank God for that because I'm tired of being a hermit in this house. I don't want to go outside when it's 94 degrees or whatever it is. I don't even want to leave the house. I sweat. I'm gross. I probably stink to those around me. I don't want to be around that. I don't want to be around me. You don't want to be around me. It's fine. So cheers to the thunderstorms that came through. A little cold front brought some better weather. I appreciate that. It's going to be a great weekend here in Cleveland. Chad, what's your yeah, cheer of the week? Yeah, that storm was like a warning from God. That like wasn't even a thunderstorm. I was like, <laughs> hey, God, like I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do I want to cheer? Uh, you know what? I'll cheer CBJ fans. I'll cheer the Blue Jacket. Uh, cheers, cheers to the to Blue that. Jackets fan. Uh, not only because, I mean, uh, uh, on top of everything we talked about at the beginning of the show, Mike, uh, a, a bunch of them, the day that they heard of Matisse's death, they went to the R bar, which is basically like the Blue Jackets bar down in Columbus there. They got together in honor of Matisse, and they had an 80-second moment of silence. For anybody who doesn't know, number 80 was Matisse's number. They had an 80-second moment of silence and cheers to him, and it was just beautiful, man. So cheers to the Blue Jacket fans. Cheers to that. I'm going to give one last just honorary cheers to our buddy, Matt Lodi. He's been a guest on the podcast. He's a friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, he and his wife, Shannon, are a friend of mine uh, uh, and, and ours. And, and we love them. And, and Matt Lodi finally got some good news. And that was cool to see this week. He's still going through his battle with cancer. That has not gone away. Uh, but for the first time in a long time, 
And, and, and Matt, if you listen to this, man, it's a roller coaster watching what you post on social media because it feels like there's always this hope going into a scan to see where his cancer's at. And then it always feels like it's bad news. It always feels like, oh, this happened, but this happened and this happened. And finally, Matt Lodi got a call that said, listen, we got some good news. We're noticing some shrinking. We're noticing some of the treatments are working. Uh, he's still got it. He's still battling it. Uh, but his cancer has decreased significantly in size and the treatment appears to be working. And for the first time in two years, that wonderful guy, Matt Lodi, got good news. And that wonderful guy, Matt Lodi, and his wife, uh, it actually feels like there's that that light at the end of the tunnel, maybe that this is working and they're going to be there. Everything's going to be great and all that. So uh, honorary cheers to Matt Lodi. Uh, just love to see that he got good news this week. So boys, that's going to do it for us. Anything else before we get out of here? Yep. No. Awesome. Uh, first of all, garagebeershop.com hats, shirts, all that stuff. Go get them. Uh, uh, they are awesome. You will want to wear them around town. Garagebeershop.com. Uh, also, go follow us on our social media at the Garage Beers on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. And as always, we are brought to you on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go over to Belly Up Sports, follow the shows, follow the network. Uh, the more people we have over, the, over there and the more people we have following us, the better our guests get. So please continue uh, to do that as well. So for Joe down there in Nashville, Tennessee at Garage Beers, Joe for Chad. On the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers, Chad, I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers. Mike saying thanks for joining us for episode 72. We'll see you again next week. Episode 73. Cheers, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.